This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum. This audio is brought to you by muslimcentralmedia.com. Please follow us on social media facebook.com forward slash muslimcentral and twitter.com forward slash muslimcentral. Also check out our other websites, muslimcentraltube.com and muslimcentralimages.com. Inshallah, we'll be reading from verse number 15 of Surah Al-Sad, uh, page number 449 of the Sahih International Translation. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. وَمَا يَنظُرُ هَؤُلَاءِ إِلَّا صَيْحَةً وَاحِدَةً مَا لَهَا مِنْ فَوَاقٍ وَقَالُوا رَبَّنَا عَجِّلْ لَنَا قِطَّنَا قَبْلَ يَوْمِ الْحِسَابِ اصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ وَاذْكُرْ عَبْدَنَا دَاوُدَ ذَا الْأَيْدِ إنه أواب وشددنا ملكه وآتيناه الحكمة وفصل الخطاب وما ينظر هؤلاء إلا صيحة واحدة ما لها من فواق وقالوا ربنا عجل لنا قطنا قبل يوم الحساب اصبر على ما يقولون واذكر عبدنا داود ذا الأيد إنه أواب إنا سخرنا سبحنا بالعشي والإشراق والطير محشورة كل له أواب وشددنا ملكه وآتيناه الحكمة وفصل الخطاب وهل أتاك نبأ الخصم إذ تسوروا المحراب إذ دخلوا على داود ففزع منهم إذ دخلوا على داود ففزع منهم قالوا لا تخف خصمان بغى بعضنا على بعض فاحكم بيننا بالحق ولا تشطط ولا تشطط واهدنا إلى سواء الصراط إن هذا أخي له تسع وتسعون نعجة ولي نعجة واحدة له تسع وتسعون نعجة ولي نعجة واحدة فقال أكفلنيها وعزني في الخطاب قال لقد ظلمك بسؤال نعجتك إلى نعاجه 
وإن كثيرا من الخلطاء ليبغي بعضهم على بعض إلا الذين آمنوا إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وقليل ما هم وظن داود أنما فتناه فاستغفر ربه فاستغفر ربه وخر راكعا وأناب فغفرنا له ذلك وإن له عندنا لزلفا وحسن مآب يا داود إنا جعلناك خليفة في الأرض فاحكم بين الناس بالحق ولا تتبع الهوى فيضلك عن سبيل الله إن الذين يضلون عن سبيل الله لهم عذاب شديد لهم عذاب شديد بما نسوا يوم الحساب وما خلقنا السماء والأرض وما بينهما باطلا ذلك ظن الذين كفروا فويل للذين كفروا من النار أم نجعل الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات كالمفسدين في الأرض أم نجعل المتقين كالفجار كتاب أنزلناه إليك مبارك ليدبروا آياته ليدبروا آياته وليتذكر أولو الألباب ووهبنا لداود سليمان نعم العبد إنه أواب بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده وصلى الله وسلم على من لا نبي بعده وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين my mothers and sisters, a beautiful day. Once again, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving us this opportunity for meeting here. And really, today's lessons are very, very strong, powerful lessons from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like we always say, although they were revealed more than 1400 years back, but the lessons for us will remain and they shall remain up to the end of time. And we need to know this is the word of Allah. It is applicable in our lives and we learn lessons from it. And we draw not only inspiration, but the rules and regulations that we follow from the same source. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us blessings. Uh, last week, I'm sure you may have heard the verses where the kuffar of Quraysh or the disbelievers at the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa had asked so many questions, they had made so many remarks, they had said so many things and they did so many things. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned them. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, they, the disbelievers, what are they waiting for? What is it that they are waiting for? They are only waiting for one huge blast of the horn. 
for it they are waiting for it and there will be no delay once it comes وَمَا يَنْظُرُ هَؤُلَاءِ إِلَّا صَيْحَةً وَاحِدَةً They are waiting for, for one powerful noise, a sound, a blast, صَيْحَةً And they will not be able to do anything about it, number one. And number two, it will not be delayed at all. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is really reminding us all that a day will come when we all have to go. My mothers and sisters, what are we waiting for? Let's be honest. Every day we get up, mashallah, let's take a look at the average age. Those who are, for example, married. And they have a few children. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless those who are not married with spouses, who will be the coolness of their eyes, and those who don't have children with children, who will be the coolness of their eyes. Ameen. But say that the average person, what happens? We are waiting. Waiting for what? Well, the ch- children will grow up. And then what will happen? And then we get them married. And then what will happen? And then they'll have children. And then what will happen? And then their children will get married. And then what will happen? And then their children will have children. And then, then what will happen? And then their children's children will get married. Then somewhere down that ladder, I've got to go. And you've got to go. Somewhere, whilst we were talking, saying what will happen, what will happen, we forgot to say, well, I might not even see my children getting married. I might not even see marriage in some people's cases. May Allah protect us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us understand. This world is temporary. It is only a testing ground, nothing else. Your questions are asked, chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So those were the kuffar of Quraysh. Their test was whether or not they answered the message of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, brought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who did not, they still died. And those who did also died. So everybody died. And you know what the beauty is, my mothers and sisters, once you hit your peak, choose a peak. What's the peak of your age? Do you want to say, 30? Do you want to say 35? If you're very lucky, 40. I don't think any one of us can say my peak is 50. Say the peak is 40. After that, what happens? Your beauty starts diminishing. Because now what counts is the beauty of the heart. So the wrinkles that you did not have suddenly appeared. And for example, the health matters that you did not have suddenly started coming. It's Allah telling you, subhanahu wa ta'ala, what are you waiting for? You want to turn to me, turn now, because you're going to become older and older. And you're going to become a person who is more sick as time passes. It's not that, may Allah grant us cure and shifa, definitely, but it's not that as you grow older you will become healthier. No, we all know that when you become elderly, you find it difficult to walk. And you find so many things difficult. Whereas when you were much younger, it was so beautiful, subhanAllah, so easy. We ran a hundred meters in a few seconds, we were on the other side. And now we cannot even walk a hundred meters. Allahu Akbar. So Allah says, those kuffar of Quraysh, what were they waiting for? The blast. The lesson I have from this verse, and I'm sure you would be able to derive it too, is that what am I waiting for? A blast as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us understand. You know, speaking to the youth, when you, when you tell them you're waiting for a blast, they say, yeah, Saturday night. Allah protect us. Here we're talking to the adults. So we know what we're talking about. The horn, the, the trumpet that shall be blown. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and they say, our Lord hasten for us our share of the punishment before the day of account. So what were they saying? You know, when, when you tell some people that, look, you have Allah to go to, and there is hellfire and there is heaven. Normally, if they are defiant, they would not say, bring forth the heaven. They would say, let's see the punishment. What are you going to do about it? I'm sure you've heard these statements. When they say, what are you going to do about it? Let's see. Let's see. Show me. 
Okay, you're telling me there's a punishment? Where's the punishment? They don't realize as they grow older, they become helpless. For them, death is a punishment because they don't want to die. Allahu Akbar. They're not looking forth, forward to meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with us. It's not like we want to die, but we look forward to the meeting with Allah in a way that the day He has chosen for us to go, we go with a smile. And we go having known that we tried our best, we sought forgiveness of Allah, we believed in Allah, we know He's one, we worshipped Him alone, and we tried our best to follow the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is our hope that we have in the mercy of Allah. We are concerned and worried at the same time in the sense that we do not want to be losers of iman in the process. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. So these were the people who were defiant. They were telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or they were saying, they were calling out to Allah, Rabbana ajillana qittana qabla yawmil hisab. They were saying, oh our Lord, hasten for us our share of the punishment before the day of account. Imagine how arrogant. May Allah protect us. May Allah grant us a turning point before the punishment comes to us. You see, there are a few categories of people. In fact, we can say comfortably three main categories. One, those who turn before any punishment comes to them, they've turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And two, those who turn after the punishment comes to them, if that punishment is in the dunya and they realize, well, maybe not a punishment, but the reminder, if we can call it, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I like to call it a little tapping. When Allah taps you and says, hey, hey, turn to us, you know, so if people turn after that it's also something good very good because you have not died but the third category the third category are those who do not learn even after the punishment comes to them they are defiant they die in the condition that they are rebellious against the instructions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be honest the first one is very fortunate the second one is also extremely fortunate but the third one is the loser so we do not want to be from the third one where punishment comes reminders come so many things come in our direction we still don't turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that would be the ultimate loss and this is why these people when they they ask for the punishment and they are actually becoming so arrogant against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah gives them respite. He gives them a chance. He gives them moments. He gives them time. And thereafter, He will definitely take them. Those who made this statement have already returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, in the next verse, Allah says, Indeed, we subjected the mountains. In fact, Allah says, Be patient over what they say and remember our servant Dawood or David, may peace be upon him. Who's supposed to be patient? We said moments ago that the disbelievers at the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam tried to give him a tough time. In fact, they did whatever was in, the, in their capacity to harass him, to hassle him. And here Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is being told, be patient upon what they say. And remember our servant Dawood, the slave. Go back, we want to tell you the story of David, Dawood, may peace be upon him. Now stop there for a minute. Every one of us, I'm sure there are people in our lives who would like to make our lives difficult. Let's hope we are not from amongst those who make others' lives difficult because then we would be the losers. But if others are trying to make our lives difficult, a lesson I learned from this beautiful verse is, you know what? Be patient upon what they say. Do not itch all the time to react and retaliate. Imagine a calm-faced individual, male or female. And then you have another brat who comes along subhanallah may allah protect us from being brats and even rats 
So this person comes along and starts shouting, screaming, yelling, insulting, accusing, spreading rumor, gossip, slander. Can you imagine the face? Can you picture a face of someone? Wah, 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 Every little while. And they're looking at you and pointing at you and so on. You have a choice. You can either smile and walk away. Your beauty has been intact. You kept your dignity. You kept your respect. You walked away beautifully. You were patient. If you said a word or two, you might have nodded your head and you might have chosen if you were intelligent another time if you would like to respond. And sometimes the most intelligent thing to do is not to respond. And you walk away and everything remains intact. People who looked at the scene, remember there was one person yelling, they were looking so ugly, they were screaming at the top of their voices and they were really making a big commotion and the other person was calm, looking at them like nothing has happened. And they walked away so calm and so full of contentment. Why? They were patient. But now imagine if you reacted and retaliated, what would happen? Wallahi, people will not really know who started and they won't know who is the person who's wrong. And they'll just see there were two grannies yelling there in the supermarket. Each one was swearing the other's children and the other's whatever else. And each one was doing this and they were both looking as ugly as ever. Allahu Akbar. Not because they were ugly. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that you need to be patient upon what they say and at the same time you need to read the story or you need to know the story of Dawood. Go through the story. Another point that I would learn is whenever people are harassing me or hassling me, and I'm sure we can all learn the same, then we'd rather go through the life of Muhammad wasallam himself and see how much they hassled him and harassed him. Subhanallah. And go through the stories of the previous messengers and go through other people's stories and listen to what happened to others so that you can realize and understand, you know what? One of two things. Either what I am going through is nothing compared to what the others have already gone through and they were patient, they endured and they led their lives. Or number two is what I am going through is also a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just like the others have had tests. Maybe mine might be quite serious. Sometimes we could be going through much more serious matters than others. But this is all a test from Allah. So this is why Allah says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, be patient. Isbir ala ma yaqulun. Upon what they say. And remember our servant Dawood or David, the possessor of strength. He was strong. Indeed, he was one who repeatedly turned back to Allah. You know, one of the most powerful descriptions of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, the Nabi of Allah, Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam, was the fact that Allah says, Innahu awwab. Awwab. Awwab means someone who constantly turns back to Allah. Anything they related to Allah. Any little thing they repent to Allah. So they're constantly turning to Allah. Conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Awwab. What a beautiful description. What a lovely name to describe Dawood with. Alayhi salatu wasalam. Innahu awwab. Allah is saying he is a person who turned constantly to us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us too from the, amongst those who are awwabin, which means those who turn constantly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, Indeed, we subjected the mountains to praise with Him, exalting Allah in the late afternoon and after sunrise. Now this was, or this was one of the many gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had bestowed upon Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam. What was it? Allah says, indeed, we subjected the mountains to praise with him. This means that when he was declaring the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mountains would declare praise with him. 
Imagine if you are saying Subhanallah and then the entire creation is just saying that with you. Or they are praising in whatever way. Allah knows best exactly what way it was. But imagine the mountains declaring the praise of Allah when you are declaring the praise of Allah. And Allah says this happened late afternoon and after sunrise. And I want to stop another lesson we learned from here. Some of the best times to praise Allah, obviously there is no fixed time to declare the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but early morning and in the evening, like say after Salatul Asr, these are powerful times. Why? Because the angels happen to swap over. They are angels who are responsible for various matters that Allah has placed upon them. And they change morning and evening. And at these times it's beautiful to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whether it is just before the sunrise, immediately after the sunrise, or just before the sun setting, or even immediately after Salatul Maghrib, or all of these four times, these are more blessed than other times to declare the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's beautiful to end your day in this way and to start your day in this way by declaring the praise of Allah. So this is something Allah has praised in the Quran. This is why we are saying, uh, let's try our best to learn from it. Allah says, and the birds were assembled all with him, repeating the praise of Allah. Not only the mountains, but even the birds, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you take a careful look, obviously we are only knowers of what Allah has informed us of regarding the unseen. If you take a careful look at the birds, early morning they're chirping in such a beautiful way, you should feel ashamed not to get up for salah. You know, there are people who disbelieve. They sit in their beds or as they're lying down, they, or they draw their curtains or they open up their curtains and windows and they start saying, look at how lovely the birds are singing. Not realizing that, you know what, they are declaring the praise of Allah and you lazy person, you're actually just lying there. Nothing. You can't even say a subhanallah, alhamdulillah. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as a believer, we should immediately be ashamed of ourselves. You know, you hear the crow early morning. You should be getting up for salah. The hadith is a crow actually gets up people for salah. Allah's created it in such a way that it crows at a certain time. I think besides the few that are here in Zimbabwe, yo, they can crow at 12 midnight. I don't know why. Allahu Akbar. Some of them need a bit of help. But to be honest, we're talking here of that which is general. And uh, also the birds, mashallah, beautiful. You find the sparrows in the evening, amazing. You know, when I was in Makkah al-Mukarramah, just sitting in the mataf, you cannot help but notice the sparrows and the birds and the little pigeons or whatever they are, flying about around the mataf just at that time when the sun is about to set and so on. And early morning after the sun has just risen, as though they know where to come and what to do. Subhanallah. And it's a little teaser for us to say, you know what? We're praising Allah so much. Are you just going to come and say, beautiful. Or are you also going to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? May Allah help us that every time we look at the beauty of what Allah has created, it reminds us to actually praise Allah. What a powerful lesson. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. So Allah says, and the birds were assembled all with him, meaning with Dawood, repeating praise. And Allah says, and we strengthened his kingdom and gave him wisdom and discernment in speech. We gave him powerful speech. He spoke well and he sorted matters out and he was an intelligent man. We gave him all these gifts. We strengthened his kingdom. So some of the Anbiya and the Prophets of Allah were not only Nabis, but they were kings as well. So a king and a Nabi. And this is amazing. Very few had this. Sulaiman alayhi salam also had this. King Solomon, they call him. Subhanallah. You know, when we think of King Solomon, a lot of us just quickly think of the Queen of Sheba. But we don't realize, subhanallah, the power behind this man. Allah had gifted him and blessed him 
in so many different ways. Perhaps we may go through some of it next week. But this time we're looking at Dawood. Dawood was the father. And he was granted so much as well by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, you know what? We strengthened his kingdom. We gave him wisdom. Wisdom here referring also to nubuwa. Nubuwa meaning prophethood, kingdom as well as prophethood. And this discernment in, in, in speech. He spoke very well. And then Allah says, And has there come to you the news of the adversaries when they climbed over the wall of his prayer chamber? Now this is the test of Dawood, one of the tests. You see, everyone is tested differently. Didn't I say that moments ago? So here is Dawood alayhi salam being tested. And tested in what way? Allah says, you know, there were people who had a hassle, a problem, a difficulty between themselves. They had a dispute between themselves and they decided to go and call on Dawood. And Dawood was a person who constantly used to praise Allah. And he had his own chamber where he used to praise Allah. No one should disturb him. And these people desperately needed their problem to be solved. So they scaled the wall. They went up. And suddenly he saw them. He saw them. These two people had come forth and, and immediately uh, they started asking him something. What did they ask him? Let's see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Allah says, And has there come to you the news of the adversaries, the two who were disputing, when they climbed over the wall of his prayer chamber, when they entered upon David and he was alarmed by them? They said, Fear not. We are two disputing parties, two adversaries, one of whom has wronged the other. So judge between us with the truth and do not exceed it and guide us to the sound path. Imagine these people are coming to Dawood alayhi salam to solve their problem and on top of that they're telling him, hey, we want you to be just. Don't take sides here. Imagine if someone came to you and says, okay, we want you to solve the problem, but watch out, don't take sides. Uh, you might feel that go to someone else, you know. Uh, if you think I'm a person who's not going to be uh, impartial, then you'd better go to someone else. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here says, look, they spoke to him. Did he say, you people have been rude to me, you people scaled the wall, you people did this, did that? No. Allah says, they carried on speaking. Those people, now they mentioned what their problem was. They said, indeed, my brother has 99 sheep and I have one. So he said, entrust her to me. And he overpowered me in speech. Okay, let me quickly translate that for you. Here are two brothers debating over the ownership of one sheep. One sheep. So, one of the brothers owns 99 and the other one has one. The one who owns 99 is saying that that one is mine. And the one who owns the one is saying, how can you just say it's mine just because you are more powerful in speech and you own a lot. Uh, and you're a richer man, it doesn't mean that that belongs to you. So Dawood alayhi salam said, this is, his, this is what he said, Allah is saying, Dawood alayhi salam said, he has certainly wronged you in demanding your sheep in addition to his. And indeed, many associates oppress one another, except for those who believe and do righteous deeds, and few are they. I want to stop here for a moment. Let's go back to the scene in case I, in case I, I got it wrong. The scene is there are two, two brothers. One has 99 sheep. The other one has one. The one who has one is speaking much better. And he says, this is my one. This brother wants this one. And he's not supposed to be having it. He's got his own 99 and so on. And we want you to judge. So immediately, Dawood alayhi salam, listening to the speech of this eloquent brother, 
begins to say, you know what, the brother who has the 99 is wrong. How can he just want the one extra? He's not supposed to want it. Now what was the mistake he made? He did not give the other party a chance to speak up. That was the mistake he made. And this was a test of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was just testing Dawood alayhi salam because Allah was giving him the kingdom. And kingdom meaning you rule among people and you you actually rule according to the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unbiased. And you have to ensure that it is fulfilled. So here Allah is training him, testing him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually testing him in a great way. Two people have come. He issued a judgment without listening to the other party. That's not acceptable. Now the question is how many of us do this? So many times we hear that, you know, hey, this person did that. We say, very bad. And we stop there. That's exactly what Allah is describing. And you don't know the person who came to you with a tail, perhaps very bad. You know, the statement might be rebounding at them. So you need to either be prepared to listen fully to both sides of the story, or you can only issue advice, but not a judgment. So let me give you an example. If you come to me and say, you know, we had this problem, this problem, this is what happened, that's what happened, this is what happened, that's what happened, what do you advise? I have the right to advise you based solely on what you are saying. Because I'm not judging, I'm only advising. So I can tell you, look, if that is what has happened, then perhaps try out this and try out that and maybe do this and maybe do that. And I stop. That's permissible, that's fine. But the minute uh, I say that person was wrong, this person was right, that is called judging. In order to judge, you need to have heard the other side of the story. Now, we have a weakness where when people advise others, we think that they are judging upon us. They are not. They are just advising the other. Because advice is supposed to be for free, I think, I hope. But at the same time, you can't seek advice from anyone. However, if a person comes to you saying, you know what, tell me who's wrong. Tell me if I was wrong. This is what happened, this is what happened, that's what happened. Now tell me if I'm wrong. Who's wrong here? You are not allowed to say who's wrong until you've heard the other side. If you're not prepared to listen to it, you, you must abstain. And if you cannot because they don't want to involve you, also you must abstain. This is what it is. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and may He guide us. And if you are authority of the land, you can conscript them. You can actually force them to come through. And if they don't, then you can issue a ruling on default. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us understand this. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of a statement of Dawood alayhi salam, which is applicable up to this day. You know what he says? He speaks of partnerships. And he says, you know, most partnership, most partners actually go and usurp the wealth of their partners, except those who believe. And there are very few who believe and do good deeds. So from this we learn that, you know what, it's discouraged to have a partnership for no reason. There are valid reasons in Islam to have a partnership. But we advise always, break a partnership. In the sense that, when you're going into business, if you can do it alone, never ever have a partner. Never. When you're going into business, if you can do it alone, do not have a partner. A partner is an ingredient of really a war later on. You're going to fight, even if it's your brother or your father or whoever else. 20, 30 years down the line, there's going to be a war. 
Except if a person believes and does good deeds, they have a big heart. When there's a discrepancy of 5,000, 2,000, 3,000, they have a big heart. They are ready to accept the explanation of the other and close the topic. There you are. That type of partnership will work. But the minute there's a little bit of distrust and there's a little bit of, you know, our qualities, we are not perfect Muslimin who believe and do good deeds as is described in this particular verse. Do you think the partnership will work? The answer is no, it won't. And this is why in my life, 99% of the partnerships I've seen have either broken in a very bad way or they have suffered and struggled in turbulence. There's just 1% or let's say a small percentage that actually work. And I'm talking here of long term. Because when you start off, it's all rosy and it's beautiful, you know. But you need good people who have a lot of patience, who have iman, who believe, who do good deeds. Just like in a marriage. You know, new brooms sweep clean. But wait until everything starts wearing off. You know, subhanAllah. You get the honeymoon. You know, there was a man and he, for his, when he got married, he dished out a lot of honey at his wedding. And people were saying, why? He said, I want this honeymoon to last long. Wallahi, that was foolish. But anyway, to be honest... It doesn't mean that if you have a posh, plush wedding, that your marriage is going to work. A wedding is different from a marriage. When you have a, a, a very, very lavish wedding, it does not necessarily mean that your marriage is going to be a happy one. And if you have a small little wedding, you know, as, as with a little bit of baraka calling a few people and so on, uh, it, do, it, it does not mean that your marriage is going to be one of turbulence and so on. The two are not really connected except that if we have had a wedding where we've displeased Allah, we're going to have to work very hard for the marriage to actually be working. That's the difference. But you always have to work hard. Now the same applies to partnerships. You get so excited and you get so happy. Subhanallah, you know, everything is, is beautiful. The business is flourishing and you're making $200 profit a day. And you're so excited because the partnership is beautiful. And then comes, you pass two months, three months, five months. And then you're making 2000 a day and you're excited. Then comes a year, two years, you're making 20000 a day. And you're so happy the two of you go out on holiday and you do this and that. Until you start making $2 million a year. Then what happens? This guy stole my money. This guy did this. This guy. But now you've made the most money on earth. Come on. But that's the thing. When you do, when both parties do not have that iman and the good deeds, then it doesn't work. This is why when I started today's session, what did I say? I say it's a beautiful lesson with some powerful lessons for all of us. And this is what it is. I know it may apply more so to the men, but believe me, I know of business women amongst us who are seated here today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you in your businesses. And may He make you from amongst those who can uh, earn the sustenance which is full of barakah. And may He make that from all of us and may He make it halal and tayyib. Ameen. So, my mothers and sisters, what a beautiful explanation. Where Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam has just told them that you know indeed many associates, meaning many partners, oppress one another except for those who believe and do righteous deeds. And you know what? There are very few of them. And when Dawood alayhi salam stopped, immediately he understood. He became certain that we had tested him. And so immediately he asked for forgiveness. Forgiveness for what? For having issued a judgment without listening to the other party. Immediately he asked for forgiveness of his Lord and he fell down in prostration and he turned in repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So my mothers and sisters, we too have to fall down prostrate to Allah when we hear this verse. Allah says, so we forgave him that. And indeed, 
for him is nearness to us and a good place in return. Allah says we forgave him that. And indeed for him is nearness to us and a good place of return. You know the beautiful words that are used in Surah Sa'ad. Allah says, وَإِنَّ لَهُ عِنْدَنَا لَزُلْفَى وَحُسْنَ مَآب The term zulfa means nearness. Nearness to whom? Nearness to Allah. وَحُسْنَ مَآب What a beautiful returning place. Here Allah is speaking of the paradise, the high level of Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah says, We said, O Dawood, indeed we have made you a successor on earth, a ruler, a king. So judge between the people in truth and do not follow your own desires. Do not follow your own desires. Follow the truth, follow the evidence. As your own desires will lead you astray from the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, those who go astray from the way of Allah will have a severe punishment for having forgotten the day of account. Let's stop there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam, We've made you a successor. You're a ruler here. Judge properly between the people and do not follow your desires. Whosoever follows his desires, they will lead them astray, away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what will happen as a result? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they will be led astray because of them following their whims and fancies which would have made them forget the day of accounts. So anyone who's conscious of the day that they have to meet with Allah and they have to present their deeds and accounts, they will not be people who will follow their own desires. You want to do something, you ask yourself, does Allah allow it? If He doesn't, no. And you want to do something and say you've done it out of human weakness, you ask yourself, well, is Allah happy with what I did? The answer is no. Well, do what Dawood did, recognize it quickly, ask Allah's forgiveness, and Allah says, we will forgive you for that and we will grant you a good place and nearness to us. There you are. When Dawood alayhi salam did something wrong, he immediately asked Allah's forgiveness. He fell prostrate. He made sujood. In our case, two raka'at of salah perhaps, because the, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, whenever he was faced with any form of difficulty or issue, he always resorted to two raka'at of salah or as-salah. Not necessarily two, perhaps even more. And that really comforted him and he turned to Allah and Allah's assistance came to him. So this is why we say, you turn to Allah, ask Allah's forgiveness and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you and not only forgive you, but He will grant you nearness to Him. And not only that, but He will prepare for you a beautiful abode. Don't we all want to go to Jannah? And don't we all know we are human beings who've committed sins or perhaps we have weaknesses, perhaps may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us. So let's not just lie on or depend on the mercy of Allah whilst continuing to sin without doing anything about our weaknesses. Rather, work on your weakness and ask Allah to strengthen you and to forgive you. And on top of that, make sure that there are steps that are taken in the right direction. Then you will find that Allah's mercy will descend upon you. Your doors will open of goodness and Allah will grant you nearness to Him and He will also grant you a good akhirah. And this means that in the dunya, you might not get exactly what you want, but in the akhirah, you will get even more than you want. For them will be whatever they want in paradise and we have even more in store for them. Imagine whatever you want and even more than that you get. 
Subhanallah. Something more than you've bargained for. But that would require a little bit of patience. Read the stories of the others. You know, my mothers and sisters, wallahi, the amount of comfort you get by reading the stories of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, the companions of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the struggles they've had. You know, sometimes, let's talk of technology today. If you have, for example, access to YouTube or you have access to the net and you just go out and you search there uh, some of the stories of the people who've reverted to Islam and see how they have struggled across or through the path and finally achieved that contentment that they have and how they would never trade it for anything. Amazing. And, and we look at ourselves in, in most cases, born Muslimin, and we find ourselves dilly-dallying. To be honest with you, we're not even strong. Sometimes, like I say, we hear the birds chirp, but we don't even chirp. And if we chirp, it's nagging. First thing in the morning, we get up and we start nagging. The whole house is fed up. Why? Because all day, starting from Fajr, we're talking. talking. But what happened to Fajr? That wasn't there. We couldn't talk with Allah. If you spoke with Allah, you wouldn't be nagging whole day. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. I feel like I'm nagging right now. My mothers and sisters, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us goodness and ease. And we ask Allah to bless us. Really, I, I enjoy going through the verses of the Qur'an. They give me a lot of comfort. And at the same time, I'm sure that it does the same to you. And it makes me feel like a Muslim, a mu'min who's, who's trying to please Allah. <clears throat> With all the weaknesses we have, we still try to please Allah. And believe me, you should be feeling that. Because it's shaitan who takes that feeling away. You should be feeling that, yes, you are a believer. You believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have hope in His mercy. You are trying your best. You will get there by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all these stories are here to help us. All these uh, uh, rules and regulations are here to guide us and to help us and to make us feel better. Remember, the more we surrender to Allah's instruction, the better we will feel. And the, and the better we feel, uh, the more we will want to do by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, ending in Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all until we meet again, perhaps next week. We say, wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Muhammad.